Um, so yeah, so we'll start again, I suppose. Um, from the top. Yeah, from the top. From top. Um, and I think just just to sort of update Paul on the message you sent me, Alec, in terms of um, that holistic, um, the holistic approach to stuff um, that we start to talk about a little bit um, and applying things that have come from within sport, in particular health and fitness and CrossFit, and applying that to, I suppose, the wider the wider population who probably haven't got a clue what any of that is or have never have had any exposure to this the dark arts of training and in particular crossfit yeah i was what i was thinking as well um after our last discussion and i was trying to look as well and i i know a bit about what your boys are doing and what you do with your your um like normalized activity podcast but could you spin a little bit of what you both do because i remember you said a bit about um your jobs before and why you thought some of this was interesting but yeah i was trying to search for a little bit and get a little bit of a <laughs> um an idea on it not that i want to be the host of the podcast or anything like that but no, it would just be really it. cool to know where, where you guys want to go for it and what what you want to um why you want to chat about this stuff as well? Yeah. Sure, do I go first? Yeah. Um, what interest? So I'm, we're, we're fitness consumers, <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, we, we, we're just people, we've got other jobs. We're not part of the fitness industry. Um, we, we well, all right, as, as people now That's say. That's what we were told, yeah. Yeah, we were told we are now part of it because we talked to people who were part of it. Um, but we're not, like, part in terms of, of our... Yeah, exactly. So our jobs, um, I work in education. Um, I used to work in higher education, um, and I work across different uh, different things with schools and colleges. Um, in my previous role, I was... Um, and I set up... Um, something called, and I think it only exists in the Northeast at the moment, uh, or did a few years ago, called the Better Health at Work Award, um, where you basically, you, you sign up for this thing, you become a health advocate, and you try and you know, put initiatives in place for people in the workplace to try and get healthier. Um, cool. So when I noticed the the teacup thing and the, the, that idea, that immediately sort of um, resonated with me in terms of I've kind of been there to a certain extent within my own organization and i've yeah, seen right. and noticed how unaware people are of their own health in in that sort of sense because you're working with people and everybody's got their own different things that they do and you've, you've no idea what people do in terms of their hobbies and how they live their life and their habits and what what they've what they deem as important you only know them in terms of what they do at work. And I quite like the idea of maybe those sort of things, opening up those conversations and discussions into that, going back to the word holistic again, into that holistic approach to understanding a person and then understanding how people can support each other and move forward and ultimately, you know, ultimately to add or contribute to a better quality of life. That that was my I, sort of my take on where we were trying to go as an organisation, 
um, a, a good few a good few years ago. Um, whereas now I'm I'm an independent education consultant, so I don't kind of work on that side of things. Uh, but then it, what it does is <clears throat> it's exposed me to f- a far wider net, if you like. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I work with many different organizations, many different people, and I start to see <laughs> the, a wider breadth of need, understanding. Some people don't need the help. Some people do. Um, so that's it, it's just interesting having a conversation about that side of things and trying to help, I suppose, help me figure out the way I'm thinking about stuff, but also help me in what I do to help people. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, so when you're talking to people, do you talk to people, and you both do <coughs> and have done or practiced CrossFit or yeah, around that do. sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, we still, still do it. Yeah. 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 Nice. And do you, do you try and um, bring that into people's, like when you're talking about like the health and health at work or or getting people to normalize activity or try and bring activity in it, does that the CrossFit methodology more fall into it? Is it more just you just under, is that breadth of people you talk to make your understanding what activity is a broader like brush stroke rather than that sort of like fine that detail of it. Do you feel like actually I don't really mind what people are doing, where they're doing it, or are you always are you like, hey, come on, let's go do some thrusters? Yeah, I think for me it was the idea of activity and, and just actually doing something because I think it's, it's always talked about in terms of CrossFit about if you're rubbish at CrossFit, you're still better than <laughs> a lot of people who can't do anything. Yeah, no, if you, it's a if real warped CrossFit is a funny one as well, isn't it? Because I feel like you could step in. There's so I I absolutely love it. There's so much positives about it, but it's a big. There's such a warped idea of what fitness is when you walk into a CrossFit gym. Yeah, like if you if you, I really like this idea. And there's a study. Of, I need to get the the big details of it, but high level of basically, it's about what you think about your training is sometimes more important than your actual trainings or or what you think about your activity and how fit you are is more important than how actually fit you are so if you like for example if you walked in if you if you ran a couple of times a week you did a few little uh, garage sessions you never heard of crossfit you think you're pretty fit and you live a fit and healthy life and you're carrying that mindset of a fit and healthy person you do this that and the other and you, you're quite an active person and you feel like you've got the energy and, oh yeah i'm feeling the benefit of, of being healthy and active you've got like a nice steady blood pressure you've got a way of dealing with stress and all this other stuff so like you're fit and you believe what you do is fitness and then you go to a crossfit gym and you step in there and there's just a load of like the, i don't want to say freaks because that's not the right word that's the horrible word to use for people but there is some like just outliers there that just everybody there is just at another level of fitness aren't they and then you could go there and that person then thinks they're no longer fit and then they go into a gym then where these people that can do like 30 pull-ups in a row and then they think, well, that's, oh, so, so I'm not actually fit. I need to do more. I need to do more. That's a bad thing about it. I think sometimes is where people, like you say, you should normalize activity rather than sometimes then trying to get, well, no, no, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. Like that's where it gets a little bit confusing sometimes, doesn't it? I think. Yeah. And I think my mistake going back to that, the, the better health at work thing was, um, <laughs> I try to pitch it a bit too high at the start in terms of, right, yeah. let's have a session. Right, okay, 
How, let's see who can do the most burpees in a minute. That was yeah, bad, yeah, right. yeah, that was a bad idea. Susie from HR just had a heart attack, but it was literally a few people could do it. So, it, and it's that understanding of that. I think you benefit from talking to lots of different people, understanding lots of different people to realize that actually you don't actually need to go to the gym to be a healthy human. You don't actually need to do what we in in the CrossFit and the health and fitness world would consider exercise. You actually just have to be active. And I think that was the idea um, behind why myself and Paul um, started doing this podcast. Um, and I yeah. think it's, it's a, I think it's quite a good contrast of myself within the education world and how to sort of transfer that thoughts and ideas, whatever that may be to other people so that they can understand them. And then Paul, um, I'll let you jump in, Paul. Seems like me and Alec are just having a conversation here. Um, That's fine. Um, Paul from the healthcare, as a as working in working in healthcare as well, which I think is it, it's I think it's two perspectives on the same thing. That's the way I mm. think about it. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a nurse, work as an advanced nurse practitioner in general practice. So I see people on a daily basis that are coming with acute illness, sometimes with more longer term stuff. Um, but with a background as a district nurse, community matron, focusing on chronic long-term conditions and working in general practice, looking at frailty, how to reduce hospital admissions and help people increase their ability to do stuff and reduce their frailty and then coming back into more acute stuff in general practice. So for me, um, to come back to your question about do I go in there with a CrossFit? I think it's it's always a case of meeting people where they're at. So for some people, just go for a walk because at the moment you're not doing anything. Let's go for a walk in some afternoon sunshine. Get the benefits of being exposed to some afternoon sun, two pineal glands. It will help rebalance your melatonin and serotonin so you can sleep better at night. And it's looking at that. And then I see people that have come in from the bridge um so work in Trowbridge they'll come in and they're like oh you've got a pair of nanas oh you've got a pair of metcons on do a bit of crossfit do you and yeah we are meeting there with that so and everything in between um so I think when we started the podcast it was just off the back of of another a podcast and Sean said let you fancy sitting down and doing a podcast and that's where we went we didn't set it out to be a crossfit podcast we set it out to just kind of look at physical activity and how can activity just be normalized and be part of life so sean and i neither of us go to a gym we train at home and mm. it, instead of it being something that you sh you sloped off to outside of family life so your family didn't see you go and do some exercise or your children didn't go and see it actually we both do it where our kids can see it and it just becomes part of a daily routine so therefore it's as normal as cleaning our teeth i think is what we said right towards the start after we spoke to um logan galbraith i think it was i think Houston. it was ian i think it was ian morgan the ultra runner who coined okay. the uh brushing the, the toothbrush yeah it is interesting that point about it being normal not just for us but for your family just, and everyone and yeah. being normal as part of your life and it's funny I was doing wall balls outside yesterday and <laughs> I glanced up and it was at the end of quite a sort of tough um tough workout and then I look I glanced up looked through this window here that you can see in the background 
and my wife and my eldest son were doing like squats and things like that and just laughing at me because yeah. like I was nice. dying but it's, it's the idea that it's perfectly normal for that to occur mm-hmm. and we were interested in that concept as well yeah it's normal to break a set of 20 wall balls like it's normal to that's absolutely normal you know I was, I was shouldn't be having to go unbroken I was doing tens. I was doing tens by the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the workout. I don't know. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was a valiant effort, and your family were super proud. They weren't just laughing at you breaking a wall. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was just yeah. ten wall balls for time. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. So then, to come back to why did we want to speak to you and, and talk about deer stuff? So it's interesting because it, it's about health, and part of health is being physically active and then it comes back to that part of being holistic and whole system approach and actually it's understanding that it's important to be physically active but it's also important to be mindful it's important to discuss things not to hide emotions it's important to look at your sleep it's important to look at your diet and the whole thing and i think with the event of covid and actually i i'm pretty sure i responded to something you put on instagram story two and a half three years ago when you're starting to look at the teacup stuff saying any medical nursing clinicians out there mm. i responded you very politely declined and i won't say anymore <laughs> i won't say any more about that yeah. not fun. What, an what an asshole you're missing out your fault you're in loss um <laughs> yeah but actually it's really important that health is included in, in the corporate world or in industry and if you look at Japanese culture, they, they, they found that actually having a healthy life uh, workforce was helped increase productivity. So it was an investment into that. Um, and then we talked about work-life balance and it became more prevalent during COVID. So actually it's really important to reach into employees and employers and industry and say, well, okay, well, what's, what are your employees doing to help keep their life balanced and what are you doing to help facilitate that is it a good thing that you're now saying stay at home and work from home because they can control that environment they can't be just because of the type of job that you're in it's it can be a hard environment or a harsh environment and it's just it was interesting to see where you guys were coming at and what you were doing and how that was promoted. Yeah. Does that answer Very your cool. question? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's no, quite it a does. long, a yeah. long answer. Is that, what you, is that what you were expecting? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know as much of your background. And I do remember when we were asking, just as a little side note, Paul, about the um we were looking for <laughs> experts in the field to come through and that, that line of the project never really never really took off but it's coming back through now and we're doing a little bit of um work on trying to build up some little like little courses for people to do or to take on first one we're starting with is like a little uh cognitive behavioral therapy course on sleep and stuff like that but I, my vision was to try and have a few of those in different areas that people could really upskill in those areas but also share that knowledge with people they know and, and family and all that sort of stuff as well but that was one of those projects where we were trying to reach out for professionals that were uh, and we're still okay. going to try and do that sort of thing. But the sleep one is one that we're we're sort of starting on now. But yeah, that definitely um I think that's a, it's 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 a point I think people maybe get to as they get older, they start realizing that, that everything ain't just about the gym stuff and it's a lot more about it. Paul, you're definitely well, you both definitely seen 
um, people outside of a CrossFit gym that you want to try and get to do something, whether it is something like CrossFit, whether it's walking, whether it's just a little bit of resistance training or throwing a wobble round outside and stuff like that. And I think I've always had that Ekin passion to help people, whatever it is, and coaching, but I've never really thought that just the coaching inside the gym is enough. I love it. And I think it's really fun to help people within those CrossFit classes. But most of the clients and things I've had before that and conversations I had was just more around trying to that, trying to get them to look in a more holistic way. Like you said, looking at their sleep, looking at their diet, looking at exercise and all these sort of things to try and build up, um, build up more of a, a healthy balance of their life really. So with the CrossFit level one though, it's not just about the movements. Is it? They do talk about diet. Yeah, sleep. they do actually. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think we should include this. I think one of the one of the challenges for CrossFit and CrossFit boxes is often the focus is so much on what's on the whiteboard, what's the workout, let's get going. That yeah. a lot of that other stuff is not included in the classes. No, I'd completely agree. It's that education piece and that education around other elements of what makes people if you went through like what is fitness in 100 words with crossfit they do go through a lot of things in there that's not always replicated in the classes potentially not in every gym where um like you say there's not really as much emphasis on on um like playing different sports and learning and eating nut seats uh, nut seats gravy what is it yeah <laughs> nut seats <laughs> Little little yeah. The odd egg. I always like the phrase the odd egg. It's like the Did odd egg. Not too, ma- not too many eggs. That was the that Easter yeah. egg. What? No, no, yeah, yeah. The not too many egg. Easter eggs, yeah. No, it was the the odd egg was oh. uh, after the oh, really? They must have changed that. that since the odd egg bit. Maybe that was like an Easter April Fool's one or something. Maybe, maybe I've maybe I am gonna look that Rotten up. Rotten egg. Yeah. Maybe I just made that up. I think it is something that is missing, and I think because CrossFit, um, one of the one of the hooks of it is it's for time, so it becomes competitive. But the focus automatically goes to that, and is perhaps not looked. It, we're we're guilty, certainly, of as participants as not pursuing the whole package. Yeah, so I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think a lot of because I've been sort of battling with this a little bit recently with um, CrossFit or my training in general, really, because I used to um, be like a competitive CrossFitter. Like, and I say oh, that, I used to do loads of, yeah, CrossFit events and things like that um, at a time, I guess, when there was different to, it's different to how it is now as there was, a, there was more like a longer qualifying process and I was used to try and book into the ones that were CrossFit official rather than some of the other ones. Oh, good. He's gone. But yeah, so basically I did a lot of CrossFit, did it competitively. And then I got to a point where I didn't really want to do that anymore. I wasn't seeing the value that I was putting in. There was a lot of input and then not that much output from it. And it's, it got to a point where I wasn't um, feeling like it was fulfilling or feeling like it was really scratching that itch. And I think to get to the next stage, I felt like I had to do a lo- lot more stuff that I wasn't really willing to sacrifice, like the trades off weren't there. And then since then, I've done a different training, a bit like you guys have said. I, I did a lot of training outside of the gym, started picking up kettlebells and doing stuff that I felt was really effective in a shorter space of time so I could get my workouts done and get on with my day or get on with more thinking or, or doing outside of that. 
Because you went, you did but, the um, Mavericks Fieldhouse seminar, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did a bit of Maverick. Yeah, it was really cool. That that, was, that really sort of spurred me on to have a better understanding of some of the kettlebell stuff. And then I felt after that, followed a few different programs. But I just, I did, and it, I, Maverick's a bit like beating up. Doesn't like using a barbell because of a few things, mobility and stuff like that. But a few things really resonated with me with that, and I was just like, you can pick up a kettlebell and have a really effective workout in under twenty minutes. Whereas you couldn't do that same thing with barbell. It'd take me twenty minutes to warm up my rack position to something that's effective to get towards numbers I know I should be hitting. Whereas with a kettlebell, I can jump in and get straight into it. So like for like garden workout, especially through lockdown and stuff, just using kettlebells, man, it was just it was just game changer for me, and I really like that sort of way of it. But long rounded a long story used to be competitive used to love crossfit for that reason used as a sport um rather than as a fitness or training methodology now i'm like sort of working back around to trying to after using kettlebells or doing a lot of uh philly's functional bodybuilding all that sort of stuff as well but trying to get back into now using crossfit as a training methodology to just make myself nice and rounded and, and keep going in that sort of situation. But I think that's where my struggle is at the moment. Cause I feel like there's a lot of ability there. Sometimes, sometimes I want to race. Sometimes I don't want to race, but it's just hard to try and get it to do it for just health rather than sometimes dipping back into doing it for a bit of sport. Um, so like resonate with you at all, you know, like, um, so it's interesting because neither Sean and I would say we've done it for sports i sean was a swimmer in his youth i played rugby um and it was literally for health i used to go to a a box and then move back into the garage and it was for health yeah i think this year's open has bitten me a bit more i was in the so i was 2% 2% out of being in the top 10% for my age group. So, yeah, I would nice. have been doing age group uh, qualifiers this weekend if I'd been the extra 2%. And, like, well, actually, now I want to be in that 2% because it's close. Yeah. But yeah. The, difference, the difference is I wasn't a competitive crossfitter in the under 35 age group which you were so you it's like i guess um, a premiership football player going do i want to be competitive on a five-a-side weekend mm. and i think that's much harder to or do i want to do that for health i think that's a bit harder to kind of come back into i guess it comes down to what you enjoy and this is what i would say to patients i don't really care but if you enjoy something you're much more likely to do it yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, I fully agree. Um, and kind of go from there, really. The programming I follow is through Pool Warrior, and I find it it's bloody hard, but it, Who's it's that? Pool Warrior. Never heard of it. No, you lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we like him. We like a bit of Wagger. He's funny. It's you know, the workouts are stimulating physically and mentally because it does challenge you and it puts you in a hard place. Some of the emons we've been doing recently have been horrible, and it's as much a mental battle as it is a physical battle. He's built his own, and he's also built his own his brand and his his culture around the way that he trains people is it's commendable as well. I think he's built his own like um, yeah, you got on the program now. within CrossFit, and yeah. it's cool. Yes, I've got a lot of time for Paul. Um, but, but that and 
I think time has lent itself. If you do anything for a long period enough time and put the effort in, you will get better. And I'm I'm 45 tomorrow and I'm fitter now than I have been in the previous 45 years, probably even when I was playing rugby. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I think there's an interesting thing about just touching on. Do you know what? I, I send him a message after every podcast and say, "Oh, you got mentioned again this week, like out of nowhere." To Paul Warrior, um, <laughs> tell him I slagged him off. And but I think it's an interesting point, and something I thought of before before that was even mentioned was there's CrossFit, and then there is training based around CrossFit, if that makes sense. Because CrossFit as a pure thing has its, you know, has its standards, has its movements. You, you, kettlebells aren't involved. You know, they're, they're just not, they're just they not are this there. weekend, I think. Are they? Oh, wow. They're well, on the equipment list. Let's, let's say historically. Um, yeah, yeah. But in terms of a training program that's based around CrossFit, I think for me, I don't necessarily consider myself as doing CrossFit because I don't do it in a CrossFit box and I do things that wouldn't be considered part of a CrossFit ward which is you know you, you, the work that you do to um, like you say you, you, um, <clears throat> I don't know, just bodybuilding type stuff or mm. um, like longer runs which, which wouldn't yeah. be part, part, of a, a, part of a ward but arguably, arguably, it could be just as part of it. But I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's, 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 it's not the thing, but it's sort of like the thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think, I think you're we, eating the odd egg. Yeah, exactly. I've just looked it up. It's, it's not in there. I don't know where I've read that. Um, you're thinking of it. It's, it's like some starch, little, little sugar, or something like that. Yeah, something so, like yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, um, the odd eggs come from. The odd I don't egg, know where that's yeah. come from, but I like odd it. Egg. Yeah. Um, Probably, you probably read one of their first drafts and they, they whittled that one out straight away. And he's like, what do you mean by old egg? He's like, I don't know. I just had to make up the words. Yeah, I needed just, to get it in there. It was just a phrase that came to me. It makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, <laughs> the idea of what people consider CrossFit in terms of training for it, I don't think is understood that much. People just see the you know the for times you know the really crazy for mm. time stuff and particularly online it gets a bad bad rep doesn't it with like butterfly pull-ups and you've everyone's seen the videos and people say oh no reps were done etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah but I, I don't think what is understood is the general ethos towards health and fitness and towards being a healthy human which then potentially if you want to and you want to compete might allow you to do those things yeah the non-sexy stuff if you like and i think for me that is a bigger part of it than the competitive yeah well that's, that's i think that's that's what i'm sort of again as well that sport of it and then there's the there's a training methodology of it and then now there's people like paul that are making really cool elements that are in between those things as well that give people space to train their own yeah. version of their health for it and they're yeah. all, and they're also then as a as a nice nice little byproduct they're actually pretty resilient people that can mess up those crossfit workouts if they wanted to but they don't really need to i guess which is quite nice no 
I think so. And it's interesting when we spoke to Steve Fawcett a, a couple of weeks ago, he was Who? saying, yeah, some <laughs> old bloke is quite good at CrossFit. Alec, um, you Alec have you heard of anyone? <laughs> no, yeah, I have heard, I've heard of a few people. have heard, yeah. Um, he was saying that actually to compete in CrossFit, he did very little CrossFit. Mm. Um, and I would imagine that is the training that most people would find if they're doing elite level stuff, even though that Rich Froning used to say, you know, you do CrossFit all the time. Well, actually, you probably need to have a, a strength phase, a gymnastic phase, yeah. an engine phase, and then tune up going into competition by doing more Metcon yeah. style training. So, yeah, CrossFit as a fitness or health methodology is very different from CrossFit as a sport. And I think to go back to your earlier question, do we ever talk about CrossFit when speaking to clients or patients? I guess the beauty is it's it's completely scalable. As we saw with the with the dude on the CrossFit website in his lounge with the blue water filled jugs doing different exercises. He was two percent out of his age category as well. Like yeah, two percent out. out. <laughs> Small wins. Um, yeah, yeah. But it is eminently scalable. So actually, just doing essentially what is a box squat. So sitting on your chair and standing back up and doing mm. that, it helps the person that is struggling to get off their toilet, and therefore they don't drink much water. So they become more risk of dehydration or having a water infection. It strengthens yeah. their thighs, their quads, so they can get off their toilet. So they're not so worried about drinking fluids. And then it has yeah. a ripple effect. So I think there are components that are readily available to people to share. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think I'm, a, I'm not against that at all. I think that is the way it is. I think like, even when I was explaining kettlebell, uh, oh, sorry, kettlebell, um, Turkish get-ups with a kettlebell to someone, I was like, getting off the floor for me actually at the moment is really easy. I'm not showing off, but it's something that's pretty easy. But down the line, it's going to be really hard to get off the floor. And I was trying to explain to them like why I was doing tough Turkish, Turkish get-ups and I was like it's a really valid way to find it very tough to get off the floor so it's, it's, I'm always training myself to be in a situation that doesn't exist yet but in the future it, it probably will be me getting on and off the floor is actually an exercise like I did have a client where we would work not a burpee per se but it'd be like an effective way to get on the floor roll onto our back get back on our front get up like that sort of thing so it's like an effective way it's like a Turkish get-up without ever calling it that it's like on and off the floor because you fell over a few times and things like that and but that's almost like how i'd see some of those movements but i i think my point is just that there's that um like you're saying Sean, that there's that disconnect between the education piece and then the or there is a high education piece around being competitive being fit but there's not the education piece around potential longevity and other reasons that might make people find exercise in a gym good or out of a gym good and things like that but I, I think that education piece does exist and i think it exists quite widely however it's not very sexy so yeah well it's not as loud it's just not as loud as the other it's not as loud my yeah, point. i think I'm, I, I agree it is there i definitely there because people talk about it you guys are talking about it everyone does say about it but i think it's not it's not the loudest not the focus. The, yeah it's not the, it's not the focus that's a better word I would imagine also that when you first started, because the market wasn't flooded, 
that actually CrossFit.com was a massive resource. Yeah, it was good articles. And I think even just the workouts of the day on the on the website mm. you would use more. You know, you'd actually go on there and look at them and stuff like yeah. which does people like wouldn't even know that CrossFit send out a daily workout and, and things like that. So yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't I did when I first started CrossFit, um it's a bit later than everyone else, sort of twenty seventeen. I'd never heard of CrossFit.com and the workouts of the day. There was just a new gym that opened up nearby to where I worked and I thought I'd check it out. And that, that's, that's where it started. Mm. Um, that's where Paul uh, Warrior was, uh, was coaching at the oh, time wow. as well. Um, I'd never heard of that. I didn't know what a WOD was. I'd never, I didn't know there was an online resource. I'd never heard of online programming or anything like that. And I think yeah. for me coming into that world and sort of learning about that, was a real eye-opener because I didn't have a perception of it. I didn't have the, I mean, Instagram wasn't, did it exist? I don't know, but I'm not really online. But like the, the whole kind of the way people get their information was slightly different. So I wasn't exposed to that. So I didn't have a preconception. Whereas I think yeah. now mentioning it to people, the preconception is quite deeply entrenched in the way people think they either buy into it or they don't yeah yeah you must have seen a we've kind of we'll come back to teacup in a bit because yeah. it's been quite interesting um you must have seen a big change because crossfit bath was i would guess one of the more original boxes in the uk is that fair i think it was like i think it was like number nine in the uk yeah so you had ollie nine. you um yeah no i wasn't i wasn't involved in the initial startup of it so it's uh adam shackle Seth mason and ollie uh mansbridge and um yeah they they started up i think adam actually started up in his garage and then um there's a real funny video i have to try and find it but he's just shouting he's like he says something like if you're not sick at the end of this you're not going hard enough or something like that <laughs> real funny but that was where he started in the garage. Then they got a little unit and then a bigger unit. And then again, move around, move around. But yeah, I joined up in um, 2011. So they'd been going a little bit before that. Um, and then I've just been, I was their first employee there, basically. So you must have seen them. a massive change. Or maybe yeah, you haven't yeah, seen I a change. So. No, yeah, definitely seen a change, yeah. I think we sort of touched on some of the bits in that other podcast, saying how it started and you'd like, I don't know, in the way that it was written on a whiteboard and you'd have like Facebook updates of maybe the work at the day, people were saying, oh, what's the word? All this sort of stuff. There's a lot more element of like a cool club to be a part of. No one, you wouldn't, if you said you did CrossFit, no one would know what that was. And there wasn't CrossFit shoes. There wasn't CrossFit anything really. Like, But now it's like a, almost to the point, it's like a household name. If you said it to someone, they'd sort of know what it was. It's on films, it's on TVs it's in songs it's like it's everywhere really and it? it's like it's a lot more mainstream of a, of a fitness tool or fitness um program to follow yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree go on then i don't think it's as mainstream as you think i think it's very mainstream in terms of the way we think about it but speaking to people like i do within institutions and within within places yeah a lot of people have never heard of it and don't know what it is yeah 
Yeah, but I yeah, I'd agree. It's probably still got a lot of places it's not in, but it's definitely more than it was. Like, like you could go a few places and I could say it, and people would know what it was. But I know mm. what you mean. Still, <laughs> the fact that you can't walk into a shopping bath and find a pair of CrossFit shoes, generally speaking, I guess um, shows that it's not as, perhaps not as mainstream as I would like it to be. I don't, know, don't want it to be mainstream. I quite like the old counterculture of it, but I would yeah. like to try the pair of shoes on before I buy them online. <laughs> Maybe I'm just an old man. Yeah, but there's a lot more cross-training uh, yeah. functional okay. shoes, right? But then CrossFit's still a, still a brand, still a company. It's not like... That's the thing, isn't it? It's not like football, you can get football shoes, whatever, but you, if you're not paying CrossFit you can't say you're doing CrossFit really that's in that true. sense as well can't you so it's like it's not quite the same in that sense it's still a company so you can't be like CrossFit shoes everywhere but there is actually you probably go any sports shop now and they do have a more of a functional training shoe that you could do your uh, warrior programming in absolutely fine like you don't need to have the CrossFit ones technically to be that but um, but I know what you mean definitely the brand is it's more known still not fully known but yeah, it's not as underground as it used to be. I don't think. No. Do you use CrossFit in your teacup stuff? It's going to bring that back in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is teacup? Not really. Yeah. So, um, I want to try and like bring it to like why I I got into it a little bit. But so teacup is. Um, it's a few things, but basically it's a tool that helps people make better decisions or more informed decisions on their well-being. And we're, we try and sort of, um, we try and sort of tee that towards people in organizations. That's the best way of us using it. We're trying to get into gyms soon. Um, we're going to help, um, cross the bath, do a few things as well. And basically it's sort of it's one of those things that helps people reflect on areas of their well-being that might need attention or help or, or, or areas that are doing well. Um, but it also helps generate uh, common language and conversation around some of those areas that are easily impactable, really. Um, so I guess a bit like CrossFit, where it's like it allows people to talk about things that are very common, like the odd egg or diet, fitness, nutrition and, and intensity and all this sort of stuff. It starts to give people more of a common language to talk about their well-being in a work setting, home setting and all that sort of stuff. Our main focus at the moment is around teams and organizations and helping them um, help individuals thrive within that, um, whatever you want to call it, culture, community or anything like that. Um, but I wanted to say why, why I got into it. Um, and I think it, would it ties back to me trying to say that I used to do CrossFit a bit. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I used to do CrossFit competitively to a standard, I don't know, like a decent standard in the UK and, and Europe, I would say. And then um, it got to a point where and I was working with Paul Warrior. I don't know if you've heard of him. Heard of him? Never, never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> never heard Is of that him. on the program training program? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, we uh, yeah we um it was one of the competitions. I think it was Berlin or Madrid, maybe. And um we were just having a big chat about stuff and um and just talking and reflecting on what we needed to do to get further on. And I was just almost like Fuck, I don't I don't want to. <laughs> like I'm dropping so many. Like I, I the way I sort of 
in my head describe it there's two ways actually like a room full of spinning plates like they're all the things your responsibilities and roles your potential you got all these plates and i was spinning crossfit pretty well coaching pretty well um my relationship was okay because we're both doing exactly the same thing um so that was spinning fine but then there was other stuff that was probably dropping like career elsewhere and 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 like financial stability and and a few other stress and worries and stuff like that those plates were sort of not spinning so well and and falling and I just felt like I wasn't really going anywhere with what I was doing and I just think it got to a point where I really wanted to try and look at some of those other things a bit more and it's a bit like that holistic sort of viewpoint of like I was doing one thing but I was neglecting a lot of other stuff to get there and I think to be a better person that didn't mean me being a better crossfitter at that point it made me sort of trying to work on a few of those other things and try and sort of work on um bit of my ambition and drive towards something i didn't quite know quite what it was but then i i I started trying to sort of like open up those conversations and i had had another another name drop craig massey you know craig massey does a bit of coaching and stuff as well and i think he's doing stuff in march on now but a little coaching call with him and um i've always lent on people so i like i like um mentors coaches or anything like that i think because i coach i think it's important to find coaches yourself but I had a, a bit of a chat with him and he was talking about where I wanted to go, what I want to do, what I could see myself doing. And, and we sort of thrashed a few of these things out and it just sort of like led me to sort of start thinking more about businesses I want to be involved in or, or different sort of plans and things I want to work with. And then when this opportunity with Teacup came up, it was just such a perfect fit for something that I wanted to do. It just it felt a bit daft. I was just like, this is just silly that this is, it sounds like something I can really impact and it sounds like something I can really work on and get my teeth into. Even though it wasn't my own project, I was still offered shares and a director's role in it because it aligned so well with what I um, believe in and wanted to do and, and learn and, and whatever as I've gone through. A bit like the old slumdog millionaire thing. You know, you, you just seem to randomly know loads of the answers. Like I was going to different meetings and board meetings and stuff and I seem to know at least a good answer to a lot of questions around health, fitness, well-being, and, and what impacts people. And even I didn't really ever go in an office, but I sort of could guess what people, because I see people every day at the gym that are normal people that work from well from anywhere, really. Um, so, yeah, so I got into cross, uh, got into the teacup that way. And then basically, yeah, now just still working on it, still trying, to, still trying to help people and trying to sort of figure out the best way of doing that. And we do that through different ways. We use an app, we use... Um, like a sort of psychometric testing or basically just like easy sort of um, fun-ish questionnaires with help on the other end of it basically so people give a little bit and then they get a little bit back from um, from the app um, but yeah there's sort of does that give a little bit of an an, an idea of where where I got yes. where I wanted to go with it and then that's sort of what we do now not that I haven't really told you exactly what we do we'll come to that it, it, it makes me think of two things at the time, do you feel your identity? Were you Alec? I'm a CrossFitter, or Good were question. you, or were you Alec? I do CrossFit and these other things, and therefore was there some reconciliation? Actually, that I don't want this to be my identity. I've got other ambitions. I think that. So I think there's the way I can, and it's probably really sad. This the way that. Um, that I can make that make more sense in my head is like, I never knew what to put in my bio on Instagram. And I hated people's like, Oh, Alec crossed the athlete. I'm like, well, nah, I'm a lot more 
than that. I'm not saying that people aren't that they want to identify as that, but I just didn't want to identify as something that is only a very small part of a potential human's life or whatever. So I always struggled with those sort of things and having an identity wrapped up in something like that. I didn't really, I just didn't want that. Like, so I still don't know what that would be, but yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be, maybe that was my downfall. I didn't go all in on it because I, I didn't think that that was a thing to do. But I think also I like that way of thinking where I didn't want to, I don't want to box myself off as something like that. Yeah. And I think that's really important not to. So when I was younger, I was Paul the rugby player, which was fine until I ruptured my ACL. And then all of a sudden I wasn't, and I didn't have, and I, I lost my identity and had yeah. to kind of refine it. And I think that's important to at least understand what am I or what am I doing? And sometimes that's a really big question. You don't find out until later in, in life. Um, but yeah, I, I think to define yourself as a sport, if you're going to do that, then you, that has to be all in. And if you want to, maybe I'm wrong, but I think if you want to then explore other things, then you can't be identified as that perhaps. I, yeah, I, I think also think what, that was my, that was my struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Alec. I also think there's a, it depends what people want to be perceived as as well. It's not necessarily what you are. It's what you want to be perceived as in terms of, I'm, I'm just talking about online bios. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when you were talking about that, I was, um, in terms of Paul, the rugby player there, Paul, I was, I was thinking of the old joke about what do you call Postman Pat once he retires? He's just Pat, isn't he? It's like he's still Pat. Like he's always been Pat. He just happened to be a postman in the past and now he's just himself. Yeah. Yeah. And not a postman and still is the same human. And I think it, there's a lot, there's a lot. People benefit from their online bios because it's, to a lot of people, it's the business. They earn money through being known for something. And that's yeah. the thing. And that's the online thing. I know a lot of people have an online, online thing, which doesn't necessarily represent their entire life. It just re represents the part of the life that they want to promote. I'll be known yeah, definitely. For. And I think for a lot of people who don't have that, going back to that, the, the sort of, we're talking about like general population, people who don't necessarily have to have a, um, promote themselves online that they, they just they, they go to work they come home they do their stuff they do whatever they whatever they do i think that's irrelevant to them that whole idea of the online thing and what they're known as and what they're seen to be yeah because it's not part of their life whereas i think if you if you have a an online presence it's very difficult to navigate that because people will always try and pigeonhole you because that's how I think that's how that's geared up. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, just as well to clarify, I'm not against um, building something like that, but I think my, what I'm just saying is my, my, I didn't, it didn't settle well with me that that's what I wanted to be. So then I think that was just a, a like a little mini realization where I was like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to go all in on that. I don't want that's not the persona I want to put out. I want to pursue other stuff. But I'm I'm fully I think it's a like you said, it's a very it's a good thing to do to do that sort of thing and have that idea. But it's also not a good thing to do if it doesn't 
if it's not the thing you want to do. So yeah, I think that's just if you're not happy with it, and if it's yeah. if you're fighting against it, then yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. Mm. So you've given a little. We're bouncing all over the place, and that's fine. You've given an idea of what the app does, and you mm. talked about people filling some questionnaires. By the way, that's fine. Is it nice? Upside down, upside down, gold. Look, it says Athletic Brewing. So do you know what I mean? Straight in there. Is that one of them newfangled non-alcoholic things, or is it? Yeah. 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 Drink your way to a six pack. I'd recommend, <laughs> I'd recommend the infinite through a, a six-pack. Drink yourself through a six-pack. Yeah. I'd recommend the infinite session um, IPA. It's very good. I'll have to check it out. I do like a little... Um, it's because I've been doing a bit of housework. When I do a bit of housework, I've been sanding down some tabletops and then I'm treating myself to a non-alcoholic beer. But sorry to derail that, Paul. No, no, I wanna, did you go for the teardrop? Tabletop. Well, I've gone for both actually. I'm okay. making that the the teardrop one is going to be a, like a small dining table, two person, yeah. nice. And then the other one's a little coffee table. It's a lower. I like it. Room for a candle. Um, yeah. The questionnaires. What do they? Are there? What's on the questionnaire? Does it look at? What do you do activity-wise? How do you relax? What sort of things, what sort of information are you gathering to then give some answers to or some recommendations? So we, the questionnaire, um, although I don't know what we want to call that, like the, the reflective process that we go through is spread across three three categories. And they're sort of broad strokes, really, but we our category is health, happiness, and success. So within health, we have um, things like diet, hydration, and uh, I'm going to go blank on it now. Exercise. Number (laughs) of eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, an odd egg. Yeah, so we have activity. And we do, we change them around a little bit. But yeah, we we have like broad strokes. How active do you feel? uh, How how do you feel about your current activity levels? Or or that a question towards that. Or how do you feel about your current... um, uh, diet and nutrition and things like that and how how well hydrated you think you are how are your hydration habits so that could be questions that would be within that and it's more about like it's not like have you drank um 320 milliliters of water every hour this day or whatever and have you added x amount to your weight it's not that it's more about it's a reflective process on how how you feel about those areas and if you feel like you need support in them so those are the ones within within health so um so yeah it's, it's how do you feel about your diet because we know that diets are so um there's general rules of thumb that people could follow but at the same time it's a bit of a mystery of to a certain extent of what the best diet is for what person so there's so many different things that could go in there i like I don't the want to trigger too much no i like the fact you ask them how they feel about it because if they yeah. answer i'm not very happy then actually you've got this unconscious un- conscious buy-in that they're wanting to improve so they're more open to well have you tried this yeah exactly that yeah and we so like the way i coin the advice we give is like it's um reflective prescriptions so it's like ways that you can think about the answers that work well for you with um some suggestions rather than going 
you should do this. It's like, have you thought about doing this sort of stuff? So it's, it is, it's always on that line. And it's probably very similar to how you, when you talk to people um, in practice or if you, uh, or, or talking to someone in an organization, it's that sort of like giving people the power about patronizing. Yeah. Yeah. Motivational interviewing. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. 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 So we've got, that's in, um, that's in health happiness. We actually have, um, things to do with your mood and sort of cognition and that, and we have sleep and relationships in there as well. And I know that sleep definitely affects your health, but we put it in a category that, um, we feel is just for the way that we work. It's just, that's where it's subbed up where it's just like, it does affect those things a little bit. It affects everything really, but um, we've got sleep in there. So it'll be reflecting on how your sleep quality is. Um, reflecting on your general mood and, and how you feel about things that are going on at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, reflecting on your connections and um, uh, sort of relationships within your, within your circle of whatever that sort of um, environment is you're taking that, that quiz or, or that, that, that uh, talk. And then the last one is our success section where we have like um, a category that we call like ambition, purpose and drive um you could even think of that being like belonging or, or anything like that um we've got stress um stresses and, and 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 sort of things that make you um oh yeah stress and stresses and then we've uh got financial well-being in there as and how, how you feel about feel about that because it's an important one for um most people that live in the functioning world and not in the woods and stuff like that and then the last one we have is a uh, more of an overall um question on just like it's almost like we've asked you all these questions with that in mind how are you feeling mm -hmm. what's that and then what we can do with that we basically can see over time we can see oh actually paul's exercise was up at the top but his relationships were down at the bottom but he still felt pretty damn great so maybe that's a really good sign that he needs to exercise and his connections aren't as important to him maybe he's a bit of a low wolf or whatever you can start to see things like that come through um which is quite nice and the the, the the system sort of learns when you are what sort of scores you need to have a good day and things like that not that we try and push that too much because it's still a it's a bit of a moving target but those are the questions we ask and then off the back of that people get um options for support within those areas options for um habit forming challenges to come on options to journal a little bit about any of those things or options to dive into something that's off category as well so there'll be like a specific set say if your um connections and relationships were lower then they would be like hey do you know why that would be um here's a little resource on how to build different connections and here's a thing that could work for connections at work that doesn't hit the spot let's have a little dive into some different categories and you could just look up something completely different within the sort of library of health that makes sense yeah it makes a lot of sense now I would imagine the data sets that you get back would be really interesting and it'd be interesting to see if there are similar groupings for age and gender and perhaps status in the company as well. Yeah, so we can do, within companies, we have a lot of different data sets that we can sort of track into and it's almost like, the way I really want to do it with, um, with CrossFit Bar in the gym, we're going to try and, split split up some different groups and stuff like and even an interesting one like just a, a high level thought is like thinking like different class times and what yeah. people feel in those different class times so like i've got almost like a theory i think everyone's super ambitious but i got a feeling the people that do it for health and the people that come in at six in the morning 
I think there's just interesting characters to try and think because that class is like full and jumping. But it'd be really interesting to be like those people are just like they they figure themselves as being really driven or ambitious or whatever. I'm not saying that people in the evening might not be. People in the evening might actually really enjoy the social side of it more, and that's where they get loads of bang for bang for value and stuff like that. But it'd be interesting to start seeing where people's scores would be in these different sort of categories and how they feel, or where they feel like they need more support. You know. Yes, and and um, whether they are single or have a partner and whether that dictates what time they go. So one of the reasons I get up in the morning at five and go in the carriage is that then it means the evenings are free for, yeah, yeah. For, for family time. Yeah. Um, no, but you're true? not, though. You're, you're just trying to, like, outdo Jocko Willing, can't you? Just to yeah. take a picture of his clock. <laughs> don't know, don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't know, don't know. Wasn't he in Tenacious D as well? Yeah. <laughs> That's my favourite thing about him. He was in, like, or he was in it at the start, wasn't it, when they are at university or college or something? What, in the Pick of Destiny? Or actually in real life? In real life, I think, wasn't he? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's like one of those random things you're like, no way. I love he was idea. with Jack Black and the other guy, like, early days, when they were like, do you not have someone on your podcast who can get them, pull it up? Pull it up for me, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, we're not, um, yeah, good just hiring Joe Rogan's uh, staff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's interesting. So yeah, we've whilst, not... yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, it's, whilst Paul's uh, doing his Jamie stuff, um, without wanting to be all sort of um, too um, technical about it, because I've done a lot of work on this in the past in terms of a lot of these things are based upon Maslow's hierarchy of needs. In terms of everyone's has a particular need in a particular area, and yeah. I think that last thing that you talked about, which is the unknown things, it's the self-actualization area of yeah, the, which is the the peak of the triangle. Which is what's what's important. You see that with the light not helping. Sorry, no, I, was being, I was I was being intellectual there, Paul. And you spoiled. Sorry, it you were talking about Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah, you spoiled it with a screenshot. There's a picture of the three of them together. Come on, yeah. carry on. But it, it 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 just goes to show it's it, it is it, it it's it's valid. It's absolutely valid in terms of it's it's the basis of what people need, but yeah. don't often think about. No, definitely, and I think that's the underlying principle of things that we do. Is like it's it. There, I wish I knew the stats off the top of my head, but there is like some shocking stats about the basic things that people don't do. Like if you, if you hold a, a healthy body weight, don't smoke and exercise like more than three times a week, you're in like the top, I can't even think what the percentage is, but like one or two percentage of the world or something stupid like that. Probably. And it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is where we just try and sit, give people like reflective advice on things where they could just be, maybe just help those little bits a little along a little bit. Cause I, I also feel like a lot of people do some of the stuff, like we're talking about the louder voices within like CrossFit. There's, there's a lot of loud voices about activity and health. When I reckon some people are like more than fit enough, but they're also using fitness to run away from something else that isn't quite up to speed. So it's like the, the room full of spinning plates, like I'm out in the garage thrashing away, but I'm hiding from the career I'm scared of or the, the, the relationship that I, can't quite do and all these sort of things so 
it's trying to get people to think in that holistic sense more about what things they're doing well brilliant but it doesn't mean you have to always dive into these things and try and see what the other things can you know sort of up, upskill or yeah. they used to play tony hawks skate, cool. pro skate. long long time ago yeah remember the stats you could like ping up you could like when you made your own skate you could put your stats up balance what could be up, yeah, or tricks. Yeah. and i think of it a bit like that like with people like in crossfit you could be like 10 out of 10 fitness um social skills could be up there because it's like a nice social thing but then if you add one on there that could be i don't know anything i don't know anything else dealing with stress maybe because you're just going into a really stressful environment that would probably down a little bit or whatever you know but it's just trying to understand some of these things that you could sort of like tweak around a little bit yeah and i think um seeing the results in the crossfit environment would be really useful it would be interesting compared to a corporate environment yeah definitely because you have different skews you know in terms of that health and fitness but actually it frustrates me when people say oh, i'm going to the gym that's my therapy no it's not it's you know you're taking a bit of pain relief it's a bit of symptom control but it's not resolving the stress issues yeah, yeah. outside of it and um, it could be added to it in ways as well yeah 100 percent. yeah because i can i'm not on top of that that leaderboard on the whiteboard at the end of the session yeah, and also there's a <laughs> there's a realization that people don't have about oh, they have the ability to go to the gym to to, to actually escape or kind of be mm. their therapy in quotation marks because a lot of people don't have that a lot of people don't have that yeah. ability to escape and do something that for a small period of time might you know due to increased endorphins and whatever. Um, help them overcome a certain thing yeah some people don't have that like i think going to the gym and exercising in the way that we talk about is a privilege because we can do it we and i say this i've only in the last two weeks two weeks as paul knows um i've got a barbell i bought myself a barbell and a hundred um kilo of bumpers um and i've trained for the last what year are we in? Three and a half years. Yeah. Three, yeah Lat- please tell me you're just doing landmine press with it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's my favourite press as well. So if you bought a barbell on a landmine <laughs> press, I'm like, fair fucking play. Yeah. Such a lovely little press that. You can take that with you for life as well. That's a that's a longevity move if ever I've seen one. Yeah. But then you, my point was, it's like, well, I've, I've actually got that. I can go out and exercise. I know how to do. Yeah. I, I know how to actually train with that. And that's a privilege. And I think a lot of people, they don't even have that idea. That, that yeah. is a, that I don't like the word privilege in the way it's, been, in the way it's used nowadays. It says, oh, you've got to check your privilege and all that sort of stuff. But it is, it is a privilege because you need to realize that the vast majority of people don't, haven't got a clue what to do with a 20-kilo Olympic barbell. They, they, it's, what's, what's this thing? How do I use it? Yeah, it's like a yeah. You're privileged in the fact you've got this crazy tool that's going to help you add some incremental load into your and and more excitement to your training potentially and all that sort of stuff as well. Like it's that's something that you're not out lifting a rock or pushing a car around or running up hills or doing that. You've got something that you can probably effectively train your yourself in loads of different ways. So it is yeah through through like education and through being able to afford it. I guess that's, there's a privilege there. 
But I feel like, but it's also like, yeah, I yeah, I, I, know, I know what you mean. I think yeah. what I was gonna say just on some of that stuff on like um it's that is it's just a rabbit hole, isn't it? But um, if you were if you work down the privilege thing, it's like it's a privilege to be able to breathe, it's like it's all these stuff. It's privileged to be able to walk. It's privileged to run, lift, have arms, have legs, all these sort of things. Like it is super, all those sort of things are like, like you, you take everything like that for granted as you go through it. But I think if you were, if we could dive down that for like hours, but I think if you were to be like, like you guys are saying, you don't have to be in a gym to train. Like some of the best training and some of the most interest in thoughts or clarity or escapism or whatever I've done it through like running or walking or hiking, not necessarily like through like, Oh, this, there's this one 21 59 workout where I just got this clarity. It doesn't seem to work like that. I feel like, but if you go for a walk, oh, there's that one time I was running down the canal and I just had this brilliant idea and I actualized that. And I went through or you just really felt de-stressed through a walk. And it's like getting out of nature is nice and stuff like that. But there is that to it as well. Like, you know, it is a privilege to have barbells, a privilege to have like a kit and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you could just, it's mm. privilege to just be able to get out and have a walk around in lovely places. Look at COVID. I mean, all of a sudden, having a garden was a privilege yeah. to go outside or that one hour's walk. I think um, if you're affording a 60, 75 pound, 80 pound, even more in, in sort of city, bigger cities, membership of a CrossFit gym, then financially you're probably not doing too badly to begin with and those different pressures will bear out in different ways just as mm. in a corporate world you might be earning loads of money but you sleep shit because you're working till one o'clock at night and you're back up again at four o'clock to get back on the laptop or on your on your phone to send out emails and it does come into that work-life balance. And so it comes back to that holistic nature of if you push too hard in one direction, everything else tends to, if you're concentrating on that one spinning plate, all of the spinning plates are at risk of falling. Mm. And maybe the key is to just minimise how many plates you have. Yeah. Minimise plates or understand what's what you need to spin to get to where you're going and what you're dropping to get there. I think that's also an important thing to think about. Like, say, if you were going down that, yeah, refining your plates could be a really good exercise to do. Try and get rid of the things you don't feel like you need to work on or try and get to a point where they're almost automatic. You don't need to think about it. But also get to a point where you could, if you were, if you were in a corporate world where you are, entrepreneur you've got multiple businesses going in this and the other to get to that goal that you need to make the business to sell it and all that sort of stuff you might need to forget a few plates and drop them and then you need to know in the moment or like you need to know whether that was worth it you because a lot of those success stories last time i think before my computer died was talking a bit about one of the guys that founded teacup and he almost got to that almost like lottery status of selling this business and being like, fuck, this is rubbish. <laughs> I thought this was going to be amazing, this feeling, and it's rubbish. And he almost didn't realize all those plates behind him smashed on the floor. And he got to that point, and then he had to go and try and pick and repair and get back and try and sort all that stuff out. So I think it's like the whole idea of teacup is, well, not a whole idea, but one of those ideas is just being more consciously aware of the things that in your life that take you towards or away from thriving. 
So the more you can think about them, it's like the, it's called the reticular activating system. You know, like the yellow car theory, you know, when you see a yellow car and you see those yellow cars or you buy something new and you see it everywhere. Yep. We sort of play on that, having people to start thinking about some of these things that do impact their well-being, and then they notice them more, and then they're more likely to work on them more. Have you thought about this? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, that's there a bit more. Okay. Well, have you thought about when you're access when you're when you're a bit more active, you're actually a bit more sociable, or when you're when you're not active, you're a grumpy, or when you don't sleep very well, you don't do this or whatever. So it's like it starts to bring those into your conscious awareness a little more, and it helps you to sort of. Um, make more informed decisions on what helps you thrive or not. Some of that is just actually being aware and being present. And most people are probably cruising through life with the very cursory awareness of what's going on instead of taking just a moment to go, hold on a second. Yeah. I've now become aware that, I've had shit sleep all week. No wonder I'm grumpy, tired, and I'm choosing poor foods. If I have better sleep, mm. I'm in a better mood, I'm more energetic, I choose better foods. And it's just yeah. trying to encourage that. I'm, I'm guessing this is what you do. You're trying to encourage those small wins that just yeah. compound one upon another, upon another, and upon another. Yeah. It's like gentle reflection over time that's going to help you. But yeah build up on those small wins and that's where i think like i know there's whoop and stuff like that that gives you like constant feedback and a lot of stats and a lot of data and things like that. and they have different ways you can sort of feedback into that but i feel like that's a when i've used that before that feels like almost like a daily mot like it's quite stressful that sort of thing it's like it's a lot of data to take in whereas i just always wanted something that's just a little bit easier to just sort of take control of in that day. And the problem with that's data... I feel like we hold... Sorry, go on. No, I'm just going to say that's just that's just the sort of... Um, that mindset that I like to have. And it's, and it's almost like the way that I try and coach people is you want to coach people to not need you to coach them. So it's like you want to try and get people to notice these things so you don't need to do it. And yeah, you could... When you start using the app or the software or anything that we have, yeah, it might be a bit more of an aggressive start, but then it's something down the line that you can just check in with. And we've got these different ways that we do it with teams. So it would just be like when you've got a meeting, put some put well-being on the agenda and how are we all feeling? Can we all just do a little check-in and then bring some conversation to the table? Or can we all um, spend a little bit of time today, if you haven't done it already, just to reflect on what is affecting you now? And, what's, and then if we can talk about it, we can talk about it. And if not, it doesn't matter because you've still done that exercise yourself and that's why we're trying to bring it into um bring it's it into companies touch, isn't it? it it's soft touch which is more of an incorporation as opposed to a in your face yeah like dictating touch. what you should do yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's great having lots of data but if you just look at the data and do nothing about it the data is pointless yeah People that, yeah. So That's great, I've got effect, a whoop score. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, I'm battered today, but I'm still doing that quite, I'm still doing that workout. Exactly. So take the fucking whoop off and because yeah. there's no point if you're not going to take yeah. on board. There's a, just a, a kind of funny quip about mm-hmm. whoops. So I've got two friends who like have whoops um, and the, <laughs> we always say, well, what, what does it actually tell you? Oh, it tells all oh, my strain, my recovery, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? Mm. It doesn't actually tell the time. 
yeah. on your wrist. It doesn't have a clock. Like, what, what are you doing? Why are you wearing that? Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, and not to bash on them, I think the good thing about them is if you are changing something drastic and you want to see the effects of it, or you want a bit of shock tactics, like I think the best thing I've seen from it is people um, who drink and then see their sleep not working out so well and all that sort of stuff is, is pretty cool. But at the same time, I was talking to um, the guy that's helping us with our sleep course. He's like a pretty decent like sleep expert. Um, and he was just like, a lot of the wearable technology is not up to scratch to actually give you the information it's claiming it gives you. So he was sort of saying that even those those things do say certain things. And even if you like, it, it, it's, it's guesswork on that sort of thing at best. And that's where I think when we're like, how do you feel about your sleep? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel like that's just as accurate a measurement almost as like people going through these things because all they see in them, it gives loads more sleep anxiety knowing I haven't hit my 8.4 or I haven't done this. And actually the, the worry is the, the worry is the worry. That's what stops people sleeping more is anxiety around sleep or anxiety around that. And that makes sleep even worse. And how you feel about it is more important than sometimes that sort of metric that you get off of them. Um, yeah, I think if you wear a tracker and you go, if you write down how you feel first and then see if it correlates with the tracker, maybe that's a better way of doing it. So you can, you can go. <laughs> Just all Sean R. Garmin. <laughs> Garmin no, this is a Casio. <laughs> You've got a yeah. Casio. Classic. Yeah, Garmin for it. No data. <laughs> Can't track me. But I think I think the point is sorry to interrupt you, Paul, with showing the trackers is oh, it's just my old Casio as well. I think it just yeah. for Energy me. Shock. I when I first got this, I used to like start my workout. I used to oh, start my workout, and yeah. the whole idea of if I haven't tracked it, it didn't happen. Yeah. Whereas about a year ago, I stopped. I stopped even like tracking it. Like I didn't like mm. start a workout because I know I'm still doing the workout. Hashtag no data. That's what you got to try and sell doing it. That's the thing. And I think the, uh, that idea is, I think for me is really important because yes, it's okay. Like, uh, uh, why do I still, why do I still wear it? Because it's a, it tells the time. It tells the, it does tell the time, unlike a whoop, but it also is, it's a decent guide to know whether I've been active on a particular day. Okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like as as a very vague metric. Do you have yeah. people in the gym wearing heart rate monitors? And you then do you kind of go, hmm, what are you actually doing with that information? Do I call them out on wearing heart rate monitors? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm not asking oh, do yeah, you call yeah. them out or do you <laughs> see it and you go in the middle of the class by what are you doing? <laughs> are you not in zone four? No, yeah, I've I mean I've sort of been there a bit wearing it and trying to I just think maybe it boils down to stuff like you're saying there, Sean, like they feel like they get more information from it, whether that information is the actual thing or whatever it is. But and I, I mean, this comes back to this. Are they doing it for sport? Are they doing it for health? If they're doing it for sport and they're trying to hit a certain zone. Then like their dudes, like they want, they know where they're going. Like, Oh, I want to stay zone two. I want to do this. That makes sense. But if they're doing it for, um, and this is another little rabbit hole, but if they're doing it for, a product or they're doing it for an outcome other than actually just doing the exercise for the thing that it needs to be done for is, um, is a bit weird. And it's like, we're, we're in a, we as a culture and a society now are more likely to want to get something from doing something. 
rather than just the doing of it being the thing that you get. So like if you went for a walk, oh, that was a really nice walk. I bloody loved that. The trees are really nice. I heard some birds and I sat down and it was it was very pleasant and nice. Or you could be like, oh, I did 10,000 steps. How many steps have you done today? Or I've done this and I got my heart rate here and I did this many, like people feel like they need a product out of something rather than just being part of it. So if you were doing an exercise and you were just there and you're like, bloody hell, that was a great workout. That's good. But then someone else is like, oh, that was a 400 calorie burn. I'm normally a 600 calorie burn in a session and all this sort of stuff. It's like, you're trying to get something out of it that you're missing the point of what you're trying to do it for. If you are doing it for health and longevity or whatever you're doing. And I mean, like if you're doing it sport or if you're doing it uh, uh, for health, it's, it may, may be slightly different. But I still think we're, everyone's just in that massive trap of trying to get too much data on things that don't always need data. And I know I'm coming from a company where we like drive a lot of data, but we're also really big about the conversations, the connections around that. Like data is not the only part of what we do. We raise awareness. We raise that sort of that sort of feeling, understanding, and control in those different parts of your well-being. But it's like, yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of people that do a lot of things for a product that isn't the thing they're actually trying to get out of it. Like they're trying to get steps. They're trying to get points, my zone points. They're trying to get cal- They're trying to burn calories. They're trying to do this, that, and the other. They're missing the big picture, the big point, or just not even just appreciating what they're doing. Maybe, like you say, like from a point of privilege, even like. Yeah. Is that a another going back to the word privilege that you just uh used there? Um the instant gratification thing. People want to see things immediately. Whereas yeah. actually <laughs> health isn't immediate. No. It's slow turning it, it, it shit. It takes isn't a it? long time. And I think that's one thing that I, I realized and the reason why I stopped tracking and I stopped I did used to wear a heart rate monitor. And that goes back to my cycling days where I used to, um, used to. There's no judgment here. This is a safe space. Sean. Don't worry about it. No, it's fine. That, uh, you wore it. I, I, have, after you. I have cycled. I used to wear Lycra. <laughs> um, where I used to wear heart rate monitor so you could see it on your gum and you're like, oh, I need yeah. to slow down. My heart rate's too high and stuff like that. Um, which actually, to be fair, over a, very long five six hour cycle is probably more important than a 10 or 15 minute wad you're using the data there though aren't you you're not just wearing it for the sake of wearing it because you think you should wear it i don't know maybe i just was i don't know maybe i was i think maybe it was because everyone else was as well and it's like, yeah. oh what's your heart rate what's your heart rate on this climb yeah and get this strava up there and then it's all in there isn't it and it's all the data then you exactly. get your kudos yeah. and then you, you feel good about yourself. Yeah, you've got, you've got a max heart rate of 206 on the climb and you're like, oh, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, when you're dead, you're dead at the top. Anyway, sorry, my point was the time it takes to see results is far longer than I think people are willing, not all people, but I think a lot of people are willing to invest I think um, that's a big issue. Maybe. I think I think people actually miss the opportunity with a heart monitor or something. That actually, if you look at your resting heart rate before you start exercising, so at rest, what is your resting heart rate? And then measure your resting heart rate after you've done three months worth of four classes a week. You'd be able to go, actually, my resting heart rate has come down by 20, it's gone from 80 to 60. It shows I'm cardiovascularly fitter than i was before 
So I think there's an opportunity for people to use it there. I like the idea. So with the teacup stuff, it's corporate. So people are all bought into it. It's a shared experience. And it's probably giving people, I'm putting words into your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's probably engendering a culture of awareness of where my health is, where my goals are at. Maybe from a crossfit box perspective every new member should wear a heart rate monitor for the first three months in their classes and take it home and they can see some value in what they're doing not just from strength or ability and workouts but they can see that their resting heart rate has gone down maybe that would be a good way way of wearing some technology yeah like a physical um also like a more of a tangible bit of information they can see over time as well because you yeah. know, as a powerlifter, you can get stronger, but you won't necessarily get healthier Yeah, over three months. Whereas if you're trying to sell CrossFit as a health thing, being stronger helps. Yeah. But actually, if you're out of breath running up and down the stairs, great, you can deadlift a 1,000 kilograms, slightly excessive. Yeah. But if you're going to die of a heart attack once you get to the top of the stairs, there's no point. So it... It comes back to that data is useful if it's useful data and you use it appropriately. Yeah, definitely. And you're probably picking up qualitative data as well as quantitative data with the teacup stuff, which then just gives a much richer holistic picture. Yeah. So I think even after saying that as well, if you did have, um, you almost have a little disposable version of the app that you can just scan and it goes on your phone and it's off again. So it doesn't like, you don't have to like give away vital real estate or anything like that. Um, but you can, um, you, you could have new members come in and using that. And then at the end, after a few months, they could go back through it and they could say, oh, this person, X amount of our users, or users, <laughs> X amount of our members are now, they feel better about their activity. They feel better about their connections. They feel this, this, and this. And then you could then, if you come back to the education piece, you could then start saying, well, actually, all of our members are a little bit stressed and they're worried about money. We've got a great community here. Why don't we see if there's any financial advisors, mortgage advisors that can come in and have a little chat around the coffee place and, and start doing that. And then you build that up even further and then you can show those results coming through. That's my plan anyway. Try yeah. and build the community through the data that you find. Them. I was going to say, and just this. having people share like that, it just makes your community deeper and richer. Yeah. It becomes a village where everybody is helping each other out for want of a better description. Because that's the basis of communities, isn't it? You help each other out and it's one thing saying, oh yeah, our our CrossFit box has got a great community. We all clap each other until the last person's worked out. But if that then stops once people leave the building, is that really a community? No, exactly, yeah. Um, And... I mean, you guys have got a fantastic new facility in Bath. There's a huge room, isn't it? It's like a massive cattle shed that's doing it a disservice because it's a bit fancier than that. Never a cattle in it. I think it was a. I think it was actually made by local scaffolders. They had it was their their depot or whatever it was. So yeah, it's a huge, huge place, it's and we've got a cafe in there. We've got a nice social area, and we've got um compared to the other gyms, yeah, it's a, like a really good opportunity for more socialization within the gym so we've got a nice yeah. coffee place we've got a lot of events to get run on emma puts on some really cool events 
Will, one of the other guys, who's like more of a um, like community manager, maybe you would want to call him. Um, he gets people down, like new members down. There's a little pub next door called Moorfields. Nice little pub. I call it the Winchester. Um, like they down the Winchester, wait for this all to blow over. But yeah, we get like a new members uh, night down there. People can come down and, and go and chat to them there. So there's loads of opportunities for like community and stuff like that within the gym. I think that's something we really push. So you that say there is good. that within the within the actual classes, but then outside of that as well, like little walks, dog walks and things like that. So building on that is something that I really want to try and do with Teacup as well. Help the guys make more informed decisions about everybody in the gym through that sort of um, coaching platform as well. Yeah, and I guess that's a big difference between often workplace environments. Some you know, some people will have great friendships in workplaces, but a lot of people just want to go to work and come home and yeah, separate definitely. work from personal life. Whereas at least with yeah. that gym. That's the, and that's a big struggle. That's that's where I feel like that's our struggle with organizations is they always think there's a big catch for the organization and why they're doing it. Whereas that's why I'm really excited about working with the gym and trying to make sure there's a model that we could potentially support more people outside of that 60 minute workout or whatever they're doing. Um, Do you, because you're also going to people that are already in a sort of mindset. They want to try and make change and positive change in their lives. Whereas they like, say, if you're going to work, they're just like, leave me alone, man. I'm doing my job and getting out of it. I don't care. I know what I'm doing, but, but I think there's, they're just different, slightly different angles that we'd go on for different places. Yeah. That was, that was talk anyone around to looking after themselves. That was mm. what I was going to say in terms of that in, within the gyms, they've, they've made that, decision to do something whereas within organizations yeah. as a as i said earlier you have no idea what <laughs> people have got yeah, going yeah. on outside of that Definitely. setting yeah and i think it's just any of those situations it's just, it's just important to try and get in front of people and um show your intentions and try and also show your compassion and, and passion for what they're trying to do in the situation they're in so there's the same like if you've got people coming into your practice and you 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 understand that that you, you different people need different advice, different people need different space or kick cuddle carrot whatever, and and try and sort of like figure out what's the best fit for those people. But, yeah, um, and you've probably got examples need, now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you mean through through the organisations that we work with? <laughs> yeah, exactly. People? So if you're yeah. if you're going to a new organisation, you can say, well, this is how it's impacted this organisation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like little case studies and little things. It's it's really interesting actually as well with like um with some of the best case studies, some of the best sort of testimonies and stuff like that. They're things that we didn't expect or didn't like market. And they're saying like the um, we've got this little like feature on there called like buddy up. And you can buddy up with someone and basically it gives you a really high level idea whether that person has checked in on themselves, whether they are a little bit better or a little bit worse than they were last time they checked in. And it's like, it's very high level and it gives you a little bit of advice about talking to that person. It's not condemning either way. It's like, Hey, why don't they reflect or whatever, but it gives you a little bit of advice of just communicating with that person either way, whether they haven't checked in, whether they have checked in, they're down, whether they're checked in, they're up, checked in about the same, but just gives them a little bit of like advice on how to just reach out to that person and see how they're getting on. And we've had some really cool feedback of people, um, a pretty decent, like well-known household organization. Um, they were like, Oh, one of my buddies messaged me and I was having such a bad day. And he just said, Oh, do you want to get, do you want to grab a drink? And he's like, he's never asked me out for a drink. And we had a little, went out and had a chat and stuff like that. And he said, it was like, it honestly brought him to tears. Cause he was so 
overwhelmed with actually being like supported in his in his work where he thought no one fucking cared or no one liked him and all that sort of stuff but someone just asked him out for a drink just to chat about stuff because then they got that common language they could chat about their blend we sort of call it or, or how does it how is your blend shaping up and all this sort of thing and and then those are the really cool um measurements and measures that you ain't really going to get um off of our our data but they're there as well like those really important cool conversations are a pretty nice metric to look at measuring the unmeasurables is what i like to call it it's mm-hmm. the things that you can't quite measure but are super impactful and, and there are probably loads of those things with fitness like you could say if you were like well like, talking about measuring an unmeasurable sean like how cool is it seeing your family excited to watch you train or train with you that's an unmeasurable part of something you couldn't say do you know what i mean so it's one of those things that's like you can't you can't yeah, sell that as an option, but it's, it's something in there that's like, it's a really cool heartwarming byproduct or something. I, I, I agree. Whole, I completely 100% agree, but I'm going to add mm. a caveat, but this is very specific to me. And I think this is mainly because I work out at home in the garden and in the mm. summer, particularly when everyone's out in the garden, it's like when I'm working out, nobody talks to me. You, you do not mm. even communicate with me. it's not even a thing and I think that idea and they're very good normally don't don't cheer that on don't do it well no exactly no I hate honestly I hate it I hate people cheering me on anyway in the workout community comes around and claps me yeah I just don't like it and when I look through and seeing them doing the um, the wall ball thing I was I was disgusted (laughs) <laughs> but See, but but happy as well because yeah because it was visible in a way but i was like oh. surely there's got to be some sort of little ego check in there as well at some point sean you got you have got to figure at some point that like, fair play i know that dad's got to train he's got to get focused but at the same time be like all right but, we're only training it's okay yeah. but they were laughing they were laughing at the suffering at the same time oh okay so they were just <laughs> taking the mix yeah that's exactly different. Yeah. yeah that's fuck what they were them. doing yeah yeah exactly fuck them Whereas, <laughs> see, I love it if Toby comes out to the garage and it does, if you're in that moment and he's, he comes out and you're just in that moment and you think, oh, fuck it, I'll break up the set or I'm just going to cash in and stop, that sort of thing. And you kind of go, oh, no, I can't do that now because I need to set an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah, yeah but he's, not take, he's not taking the piss, though, like mine. He's, oh, he's, yeah, he's I learned. I didn't realise they're bullying you. It does, it does, it does a little bit. What's that face you're making, darling? You don't want to know, mate. Um, yeah, he is. So come on, how many more reps you got? I'll count them. Okay. Yeah, he's a good lad. Yeah. But I think it's, in my mind, the idea of the, particularly with organizations, it's such a complicated thing to to try and reach everyone within a particular organization with all of their different backgrounds and things that they do and ways that they think. And I I commend it, but it's, it's such a difficult task reach yeah. those no, people I, yeah i think so and i think even even reaching them even trying to get engagement all those sort of things are hard to do 
But I feel like um, the way that we do it and the way that we embed well-being, putting well-being on the agenda with organizations is is a multi-factor, multi-layered approach. And it's like something that we, we're basically trying to get people to bring it into their meetings, into their conversations and make time for it in different sort of scaling. So it's like, it's, it's loads of different ways, but yeah, I, I can, I can tell you your worries are well, um, well thought through because they are, it is hard, but I feel like that's not a reason not to, um, give it a good stab and go for it. But it's like, it's either that or don't, and it's either that or don't support those companies and it's either that or just yeah. don't do it. But I feel like I've, I really like the idea of either creating space to have, um, wellbeing conversations for people that are ready to have them or create the space for people that aren't ready to have them, but that they know they're there. I feel that's still a, a valid thing for an organization to try and strive towards. So I think it's like, yeah, we might not hit everybody with the right advice, but we'll give people ideas of how they can look after themselves or at least give them the space that they know that if they wanted to, it's sort of there. So that's the aim of the game of it really. Yeah. And um, you'll have, you'll have slow adopters that, well, think about it the first time you've run past it. Look a bit more the second time. And on that third time, they'll go, oh, go on, I'll, I'll dip my toe in. And yeah. actually, with big organisations, in massive, or you know, it can be medium-sized, it's easy for people to get lost. Yeah. Um, I mean, working in general practice, we, live, we work in our clinic room. So actually, you don't see necessarily anybody else within work except for patients unless you make the effort to go out to communal areas otherwise you could quite literally stay in your clinic room all day long walk out the building and not see another member of staff yeah so having that interface where you're reaching everyone i think that's really cool yeah yeah it's gonna be exciting stuff to do stuff with the gym and i also like i've got a uh I got a massive passion for, like I said, coaching people, helping people, or just conversing with people that have any form of um, thoughts on, you know, like philosophy around exercise or general thoughts around that. And I just love any of those. It's a bit like a bit like self help stuff, but I think there's there's like a pandemic of self help stuff, and not actually like people actualizing some little things that can help, but. I like talking through stuff with people and trying to get like eke out the bits they actually want to try and do. So the more avenues, the more conversations I can have with that, the better really some cool, um, cool project that I'm hopefully going to be, um, involved in, if not front end soon, that's going to be around that, which would be, which would be really fun. As for another podcast. <laughs> not today. Yeah. The, the, it's funny that the, the, the self-help thing, isn't it? Because, I think a lot of people like write it off as like oh, self-help, but actually most people, I say most people, you know, I don't know. I'm just like making um, random suggestions here, but a lot of people read books, you know, they read all the books, the atomic habits, let's just say, but actually do they just, do they do anything about it mm. or do they just read it? You know, I'm not particularly picking on that book. It's just, that's a, a one that over the last couple of years has been quite uh, <clears throat> widely mentioned by people, but it's like, it's all, it's all well and good reading a book, but actually like, what are you doing? Like, what are you actually doing to yeah. improve yourself or change something that might need to change? And maybe so, the reason why you picked that book up in the first place. 
no. so Steve Bartlett, who runs the um, Diary of a CEO podcast, he mentioned something along those lines about three or four weeks ago about the person that had read all the self-help books but had no self-insight into themselves. So they read all the books, knew all the stuff, but they couldn't implement anything because they didn't understand where they were coming from. And sometimes that needs to be teased out of you if you're not insightful enough. And I guess that's where the questions you ask in your um, initial kind of interview phase on that teacup must come in helpful because it will start people thinking about where they're coming from and then it starts that process of of slowly unfreezing so they can change yeah Mm. cool cool Sean do you have any I I kind of get the feeling we're getting to a natural end unless you want to keep going Alec I need to have dinner soon <laughs> so, I really enjoyed the conversation. I feel like there's so many rabbit holes we could go down, but there's only so much. Um, yeah, there's only so much we can keep getting people to listen to. Surely, that <laughs> that's all. That's always the danger. We always we always find that some some podcasts we could go on for five or six hours and talk about every single thing we've we've gone down. But I think, yeah, um, yeah, I think. That's, Was there anything you wanted to ask that you didn't ask the you wanted a meaning of life or yeah that's every pair of crossfit trainers every pair have favorite, i got every favorite pair favorite, favorite pair. pair ever hey i've got the yips about buying like rads i really want to buy some but then i'm like oh, i can't commit to it there's too many different ones so i'm a bit like that at the moment with them but um i really like those um they're like innovate mm. Which is there? It's like G three hundred or something. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to show you. But yeah, they're like a little innovate one. But I do like them because they got a bit more spacious toe box. But you know, I actually don't think that's they're that super important training shoes. I used to be a really big Metcon guy. Loved them. Was involved with Nike when they were like bringing those out and stuff like that. And that was super cool and exciting to be a part of. But then I think they just got worse and worse each iteration that came out. Well, they just got too serious for me. And like I said, I didn't really like that whole seriousness of it. So I think they just got a bit too much, you know. So somewhere in between, like a pair of like somewhere between a pair of vans and something a bit more technical. You got to well, run as well. So like, well, that's interesting. When we asked Carl Stedman this question, um, he was like vans. Yeah, just vans. I'd still like my yeah, but yeah I'd say that, but like, yeah, I'll get him after he's done an injury meter run. I bet have a shin splint. Yeah, <laughs> can't do that everyone says it everyone talks a big talk but they're the ones that are sitting on a c2 bike and doing double distance they're not the ones that are out there running (laughs) that's true (laughs) (laughs) so i had the pleasure of um wearing a pair of um rad ones for one workout which i I didn't have any trainers and i turned up at gym i didn't realize i was supposed to be doing a workout because i had some trainers thrown at me um they were excellent yeah, I love what Ben's done with it. I think it's Excellent. so good. Like, I, that, if I could, I'd love to design like shoes or clothing or something. No, not necessarily would it be with CrossFit, but I love what he's doing with it. I think it's just such a cool, so cool to see a person and like a team behind a brand that's making something counterculture, part of the culture. It's like a bit like Warrior programming, isn't it, for a shoe? It's very cool. I can't say Warrior Program anymore. It's on the program. Yeah. It doesn't do Warrior Program anymore. 
Oh, is he not on the program? Yeah, I'm, mate, I'm, I'm from way back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can edit that out. The secret, out. have a look on Vinted for um, for rad ones in your size. Seriously, oh, is that right? Is it? They're coming up on Vinted. No way. Yeah, some on wow. Vinted. Wow, nice. I don't, not many in size eleven, but there's. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe Ben Massey's not hooked you up. No, I was gonna. He asked me when they were bringing them out if I was um, a good size to test them out because they only had size nines, but I was a little bit bigger, so I couldn't test them out when they first doing them because that would have been cool to be a part of that. Yeah, but I didn't, my feet were too big. Big feet, okay. big shoes. Yeah, that's it. What they, that's what they say. Alex, where can people find you if they want to find you or teacup? Um, where can they find me? I don't really do many, many data things anymore. So I don't really, I am on Instagram, but I think I made it private. So that's not very good. It's a Howard Alec, my Instagram. Um, teacup, I think it's... Uh, up tech. I should know these sort of things, right? I should know it. It is it. teacup underscore app. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you, you should know that. You, sh- you should. Uh, I should that. know that. Yeah. Commit that to memory yeah. for next time. For next time. Yeah. But yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Shoot me, shoot me a little follow request. I'll accept it. And if there's any conversations about well-being that are going to be nice and productive, I'm well up for that. And you've got to keep your eyes peeled, I guess, for my next little venture, which I think is going to be really cool. I think you guys will really love it. Can't wait to see it. You'll have an invite straight away. Nice, sounds good. Thank you very much, Alec. Thanks, I'm going to have my dinner now. <laughs> what are you having for dinner? I got um, I got a veggie chili. And then I've got meat that I'm going to add to it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I know. En- enjoy. I cook. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great, doesn't it? Right. No, it does. <laughs> Good talking to you, too, folks. Thank you very much. I'm glad time. my computer played ball this time. Yeah. That was good. Nice one. Good All right. Job. That's pretty brilliant. Thank you.